You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Good morning and a happy Tuesday to you. We're going to jump right into the show. The coronavirus. Now we know a confirmed case here, but the impact it's having down at ASU. The lead. Yeah, you know what? We're learning that several people have been tested for the coronavirus here in Maricopa County, but just one person has a confirmed case. Now, that person is, quote, a member of the ASU community in Tempe. Now, what exactly that means, we don't know. What we do know is that there is a petition circulating on change.org calling on the university to cancel classes and provide more information about this case. The university has said no, and they believe the risk is low. You know, I, listen, I think the reality is we don't know what we don't know. And and, and there is no amount of uh, we're working on it uh, that is going to make some people feel comfortable. I think the, the, the worry is that once we had a confirmed case of the coronavirus, we do we now believe it's a student? Um, a member we, of the ASU haven't... community. We've heard from different sources that it was or is a student who recent, we haven't gotten that confirmed. recently yeah. returned from China. Yeah. It, it, specifically this area of China, the, 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 Wuhan. Yeah, the city where the epicenter. But we also found out, and I did not know this until yesterday, that you can be infected with the coronavirus and not show any symptoms you don't have a fever you know sneezing running no you don't feel sick so how long was this infected person working their way around the campus who else did they come in contact with and could they have spread this virus to other people who don't know they have it so here are the numbers right now and i think that this is a bit telling Yesterday, when we were on the air talking about this, Bruce, you know, it was the first time we we, we had the opportunity to talk about this first case in Tempe. Around the world, there were 2,700 confirmed cases. Okay. Okay. Today, there are 4,500. It's growing exponentially. Sure. And I think that that's where the concern comes from. You talk about ASU, you know, one of the largest, if not the largest universities in the country. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that kind of environment, I mean, there are a lot of people in a small space, right? Sure. This isn't good. Dense. And, 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 and I get, you know, at the change.org petition about canceling classes, I get that you, you may be concerned about this. I, I would be, too. But that being said, it's not going to happen. I don't think that the risk is that high where you're going to be willing to cancel classes and and what that would take because the risk is so low. If the risk was high, extreme. Yeah, if the risk was high, I would expect them to take the necessary precautions. But nothing has told me that that this is something that needs to be addressed immediately. Now, the other aspect about the petition that I totally agree with is getting more information. You don't have to give me the name and the address Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the person, but a little bit more information so that people can understand would be helpful because by not providing that, I think you are falsely creating a sense of panic where people ask the question, what are you hiding? Why didn't you tell me? Uh, is, is it possible that and is it the reality that they don't know what they don't know? And okay. uh, 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 because I'm not at the point where I think. ASU or the Center for Disease Control is hiding information from us. I think it's very probable 
they're just not sure. So when you say you're not sure, do you default to the worst case scenario or the best case scenario or somewhere in the middle? Well, you don't want to create panic, but but I think that there is some of that setting in at ASU. Mm. And, and I don't know that for a fact, but from what I've been able to gather and reading and, 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 uh, and looking at the posts and stuff like that on social, there's most definitely a concern. And, and so we want to hear from folks that, that are tied to the ASU community. And by tied, I mean, are you a student? Do you work there? Does your child attend? And what are you hearing? Help paint a perspective. I'm due to fly oh, back. Help us paint a perspective as to what's happening in Tempe. And give us a call on the open mic line. Um, 602-200-2733. We want to hear from folks that have been on the campus or who have loved ones on that campus and help us understand how that community is handling and reacting to the news of a confirmed case of coronavirus at ASU. Now, that open mic line is brought to you by Carol Royce's team. Your home sold guaranteed or Carol will buy it herself. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. Here's the other aspect about this that I find interesting. Apparently, and I just got to go off of the reports that are out mm-hmm. there right now because I myself have not walked into the Home Depot in Tempe to find out whether or not the masks that you see people. I when I see the masks, I, I think of like when I get my nails done because they put that on so they don't breathe I in. Would not know. That. I know you wouldn't know that, so they don't breathe in all the stuff that they they're putting on your nails. Yeah, I think of people doing drywall. Okay, yeah, you right, know, those uh, c- construction workers, which is why Home Depot carries these. Like paper filter masks with a rubber band okay. around them. So you're the dude, I'm the chick. Got you it. can tell the difference. I think drywall, what, yeah. you think nails. Nails, right? Exactly. Okay, okay. I don't think ASU. No. But from what oh, the reports are saying, that um, a lot of the masks in and around the area mm-hmm. are gone. Sold you can't out. get one. And last night, a, a friend of mine uh, was traveling for, for business and uh, he had posted on Facebook, he goes, Usually when you go to the airport, you see that idiot that is wearing a face mask and they are the exception. Right. He goes, apparently I'm the idiot (laughs) who is not wearing the face mask and I'm the exception. And so my question is this, though, Bruce, because there's been a lot of conversation about the coronavirus and rightfully so. And when I tell you that there were 70, or excuse me, 2,700 cases yesterday and there are 4,500 cases today, you see how that's exponentially Sounds growing. Sounds dramatic. But when you talk also about how you can have the disease and spread it without being symptomatic. That's a concern. This is not a death sentence. Fair. This is the flu. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not trying to downplay it. I get what you're saying. But it's one of those things where should you believe the hype? I mean, the, the, I, I can't find right now but, what the death toll is. And, and but I'm I think this gets cold. back to the, yeah, it, it, I want to say the death rate right 100. now is 2, 2% or something like that. I but saw 100 of 4,500 cases. But, but there's also a large number of people who are hospitalized and very sick because of this. And but, that, you, but what you're saying is the flu. Right. But, and it that may, happens with the flu every single year. The, the difference is with the, quote, regular flu yeah. that we know about, there are, there, is, there are prescribed courses of treatment. This is, and they call it the novel coronavirus, because it is new and unique. And the way I understand it is some of the normal courses of treatment aren't working the same so they are they are learning as they go 
And the, the problem you run into right now in China, not here, thankfully, is when you start seeing the number of cases expand exponentially, you run into people can't get medical care because there's a line out the front door. And, and I get that. I'm just trying to offer a perspective on this. Am I concerned about the coronavirus? Yeah. This, this, is, a, this is a story that, that I've been following. It concerns me. Am, am, I, am I overwhelmed by it? Would I wear a mask when I go to the airport? Probably, I'm not at mask stage. Probably not. And why? Again, I'm just trying to give perspective. And if I'm way off the mark and mm-hmm. you're a medical professional that wants to check me on this, please do. Open mic line. Stevie Z gets those calls and we'll get back to you. 602-200-2733. But the way I see this, the flu... Mm-hmm. can kill upwards of 60,000 Americans a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah, we does. have a vaccine for it mm-hmm. that you don't get. No. I do. Yeah. This, the coronavirus that has been dominating headlines and freaking people out at ASU, has killed 100 people worldwide. I understand that. I think, I, I, and I, I 100% agree that if you're concerned about something here in the United States right now, you should be concerned about the flu. The problem is, without a vaccine, the fact that everyone could be susceptible to this, you can see how you go from 50,000 people dying of the flu per the however many millions get it to 300 million people getting the coronavirus with no vaccine whatsoever and how many would that kill yeah i i just even if it was a one for one argument even if it was a one for one and i think that's the concern that a lot of people have is how quickly this is mutating how quickly it is infecting people without any chance of a barrier Stopping it like a vaccine. If you're a doctor that wants to check me on my perspective, please do so. As well as if you have uh, a student, if you are a student at ASU, a member of the ASU community, give us an idea as to what's happening there in Tempe. We'd love to hear from you on our open mic line. 602-200-2733. So it turns out that uh, we loves us some medical marijuana in Arizona. How much? We have the numbers. St. James and Pamela Hughes. So uh, the numbers, the numbers are in and we now know how much you Arizonans spent on medical marijuana. Keep in mind, there's just over 200, it's 220,000 of you currently carry one of the medical marijuana cards as part of the state program, okay? How many? 220,000 people have a medical marijuana card. You 220,000 people bought 83 tons of marijuana last year, spending roughly $500 million (laughs) at these uh, dispensaries, legal medical marijuana dispensaries. Expert, but that sounds like a lot. Well, Does that I, sound like a lot to you? It sounds I mean, I, like based on compared what? to what? No, right? I know, but just based upon my own opinion. Eighty-three tons of weed. <laughs> that that sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot now, of weed. So let's go. That was the 2019 number. So let's look at 2018. Okay. The number was 61 tons. It went up 36 percent in one year. Okay, okay but uh, so if it went up 36 percent in one year. Does that mean that you've had um, a 36% increase in the number of cardholders? No. 
you only had an 18% increase in cardholders and a 36% increase in usage. I cannot do the math, but it doesn't exactly add up. <laughs> How's that? That much I know. Okay. That the right. increase was not just an increase in new users. New cards. It was an increase in actual use users using more. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So chances are in November, we are going to have the opportunity to vote once again on whether or not we want recreational marijuana in the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. failed in, in 2018 by just a very Tiny. small margin. Uh, there's going to be a lot of money put into it. Uh, will it pass this time around? You know, while, while I'm in favor of recreational marijuana, I, like, I don't care. Smoke whatever yeah. you want. Um, but I, I don't. I don't like the ballot measure. Really? And, and the reason why I don't like the ballot measure is because it's not done by the legislature. Hmm. And, and that's a big distinction for me. While I am, okay, you want to you wanna support recreational marijuana, go for it. But I, I want our state lawmakers to have the ability to change the law as they see fit. Because you don't know what you don't know. As things evolve. Yeah, God only knows mean, like, what it makes you can into. You can look at like best practices, so to speak, at Colorado or other states that mm. you know come before us, so to speak, in this area. But... Arizona is Arizona. We have our own unique challenges here, and I would want our lawmakers to be able to change the legislation as necessary. If it is done by a ballot measure, then it would have to go back to the voters to change. Can I tell you, I I don't don't necessarily disagree, but here's I have another problem. I have a problem with medical marijuana. Okay, why? Because my issue with medical marijuana is, and I don't know the numbers, so I'm going to make them up. Of the 200... That's always always helpful. That's always helpful to make up your own numbers. Well, I believe what I believe. Okay. So of the 220,000 medical marijuana card holders in Arizona, I'm going with 150,000 of them don't actually need it. Yeah, you're probably right. I I don't know what the percentage is. There is not a legitimate medical reason. They just want to. And by the way, I'm okay with you wanting to. I have a problem with medical marijuana being an end around to recreational. I wish we just had recreational so you didn't have to lie that you have an earache. So it's pot for rich people? Because well, the card costs... Uh, what was it? Bucks a, a, I think it was 150 150 okay. Um, okay, so 150 bucks, And when you buy... Medical marijuana, you're paying a premium. There's not only are you paying more for it to get a car, by, but, but but then when you go to the dispensary. dispensary, there's also the taxes in it because I was trying to understand the markup. So if you the just pot markup, pot markup. Okay. By the way, this seems like this a good is business so to be hysterical in. to me to hear you talk about the pot markup and your own numbers. If you Continue. take a look at 83 tons, yeah, of the marijuana, <laughs> Mary Jane, roughly 580 million dollars spent in dispensaries buying it. This is all legal. Yeah. It works out to an average of about 3,500 dollars a pound. Whoa. When I went looking, like, how much is a pound of marijuana? Which, by the way, I logged in as Stevie Z. He was already logged into the computer. Uh-huh. And I only did that search under his name. Yeah. Like, if we go to California, we go up to the, uh, uh, you know, Northern California where they grow the weed, we can get a pound of weed for between $800 and $100 a pound. What is it here for the dispensaries? $3,500. How do I get that? that I'm not a math whiz. I like those margins. I think it's a 35% markup. I like that margin. Right? That's pretty good. No, it's not a 35%. Markup. Don't make me do math this early. Yeah, don't ever do math. Whether it's early or late, just don't do it. Too soon? 
Kobe Bryant, the helicopter crash, the recovery efforts literally are still going on. Is it too, too, too soon to talk about his past and some of his, dare I call them, indiscretions? That might be way, being way too nice. Run, one reporter is finding out. Apparently the answer is yes. We'll talk about that. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. The investigation into the helicopter crash that claimed the lives of nine people, including uh, basketball star, former basketball star Kobe Bryant, uh, continues. Uh, It appears that to a lot of people that know the world of aviation and helicopters that flying in fog or clouds, the pilot might have become disoriented and lost control of the helicopter and or flew it into the mountainside, for lack of better terms. So Sunday, uh, when the news broke, I was up in Flagstaff. And when I got back in the car, I turned on the radio and I wanted to hear the coverage and I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about the developing story. And within about three minutes of being in the car, listening to the coverage Mm -hmm. of the crash, Bruce, I don't know who it was, but there was some sports guy that popped on the radio and, and was being asked questions. Sure. He was the guest. Yeah, so yeah, to speak, yeah, yeah. Because okay? people were scrambling. We, we need yeah. people to give us some perspective. And I distinctly remember this guest, you know, was was asked about Kobe Bryant. And in about two or three sentences into his answer, he referred to the 2003 rape allegation against Kobe Bryant and had gone on to say that. Um, a lot of athletes don't come back from that. It was hmm. a devastating, you know, part of his life. Um, it really tarnished his reputation, but he was able to rebuild and come back from it. And I got to admit, I, I was I was sitting in my car and I was like, "Woo, really? Like, we're already talking about the rape allegations? Too soon is the argument, Well, right? that, w- that was my gut check. Okay. That was my initial knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with bringing that up right now. But then as we, you know, we were driving down the mountain, I was thinking about it. I'm like, but that's part of his story. It is. Like, you can't deny that it is part of what he is. And the the Washington Post specifically has gotten themselves, I, I would argue, into some journalistic hot water themselves. Because one of their reporters on the Twitter machine uh, retweeted, basically, a link to uh, the story Going back to the allegations of rape against Kobe Bryant, the DNA evidence, the uh, accuser's testimony, a settlement of some sort, and has been suspended for that. So, yes, this reporter just tweeted out a link to the story. There was no commentary attached to it. And later she tweeted. It is a thing. Like, it's a real thing. Later she she tweeted about the apparent backlash that Mm -hmm. she received over just the link to the article. Well, that was eye-opening, she wrote, saying that 10,000 people had commented and emailed her with abuse and death threats. She noted that the story was three years old and she didn't write it. And any public figure is worth remembering in their totality, even if that public figure is beloved and their totality is unsettling. You know what it reminds me of? I I remember when Michael Jackson Hmm. died. And there were people, and it was part of the discussion, the allegations that had been made against him for years. It was a part of Michael Jackson's story. 
But this reporter had to leave her home. She went to a a hotel that night out of safety precaution and then was suspended by the post. And I think that you can you can you can be in in two camps here. Um, the, The camp that I'm in is I think it's ridiculous that the post is penalizing a reporter for acknowledging Bryant in addition to being a beloved athlete was credibly accused of rape. Like those two things can exist. Absolutely. Tiger Woods but, can be a good golfer and a bad husband, for uh, example. But on the flip side of it as well, Bruce, you may also see the world as many other people do where you think just the hours after someone's death is not the time to speak critically of that person. I understand both areas of thought. The hour before his death would have been a complete non sequitur. Like, why are you bringing this up? But what what bothers me when you get down and diving into the story is that the Post says this reporter violated the company's social media policy, but yet cannot point Hmm. to what part of the policy she violated. And that's telling to me. This is a newspaper that routinely stands up to the president of the United States Shouldn't they also be able to protect a reporter who didn't publish anything that was defamatory? Right, right. There, there's nothing false or inappropriate. I mean, again, it is a news story. It was a news story. It was a huge story. At the time. And think about this. 2003, we didn't have nearly the social media. If that happened today... Don't you think Kobe becomes a me too kind of thing and there's no way you well, come back from that? times have changed. I mean, times have most definitely changed. You're talking, you know, something that happened 17 years ago. Right. But could you imagine if 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 Twitter was, I don't even know, 2000, Twitter did even exist back then, to be honest with you? I, I, I don't think so. I would have to Google it. But imagine. But I don't know if Google was around back then. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's all these things that we use all the time that like, wait, when did that come around? But can you imagine all the tweets that reporters oh. would have made in 2003? Would those be surfacing today to attack people for their thoughts on Kobe Bryant in the wake of his death? Do you, do you see? It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery. And social media is messy. Like it or not. Twitter wasn't was invented in 2006. So Twitter didn't even exist. Didn't even have the Twitter machine when, in 2003. When this had happened. Probably didn't get popular until like 2008. Right. Now, now here's the thing. So people, there were people posting on uh, AOL in, in message boards. It, it, the, the, the idea, people screw up on Twitter. People okay. screw up on social media all the time. Yeah. Right? I can't spell, for example. And, and not just that, no, but like big things. Like they, they screw up and, and they say, we take teenagers to task for for things that they post on social media or they come back to haunt you during a, a job interview so to speak mm-hmm. we, we we all screw up on social media at time but not all screw ups are equal fair just because someone is angry about a tweet doesn't make it bad no and i again i think the washington post miss this is a misstep t- to be kind in suspending a reporter for tweeting about Tweeting a story, a published story, about the allegations around Kobe Bryant's rape charge. It is part of his story. You can say he moved on, he's a better person, he learned from it. All those things can be true. He's a great basketball player. They all can be true. They all can be true. This also is a part of it. Yeah. I get it. Is, but, but I admit it, when I first heard it, it made day, you cringe. I was like, oh, it made you recoil a little. Yeah, made it made you yucky. Ugh. An Arizona man, this sounds so Florida, Uh. got 
got scammed. But is this really a scam or is this just abject stupidity? We'll dig into that story coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Crazy AZ. The absurd Arizona stories that make you wonder, is too much sunshine a bad thing after all? All right, we're starting our list already. Crazy AZ stories of the year. We're uh, well into January, and already we have one here. And we are going to pick on, let's just be honest, we're going to pick on Brian a little bit, aren't we? That is because uh, Brian is telling his story, his story of being scammed. Brian is 65, and he went on a dating app. Got it. Okay. And one of the younger ladies on the dating app <laughs> uh, took a liking to him. Uh, okay. And uh, he had you know, met other people on, on this dating app, uh, some in person, couple he says he got burned by after just talking to them online. Anyway, mm-hmm. this young woman said uh, that she was having a problem with her business. Okay. Okay. Uh, Beauty supply truck in in customs stuck in Germany. Okay. Okay. Um, Oddly specific. Sure. Uh, So so Brian talks to Easy uh, Arizona family a little bit about his story. Take a listen. Out of all the men on (laughs) on OKCupid, this one picked me. This whole thing started with, you know, I'm a I'm a single mom. My husband walked out on me four years or three years ago, but I find you very attractive, this and that. So she fed on my ego, and my ego was was being stroked by this, by this young woman, and I had just gotten divorced. Okay, so um, I think there's a lot of people that could probably re- relate to, to what Brian is saying there, right? I've never been on a dating app. They didn't exist when, when I met my husband. Yeah, Thank yeah. goodness for that. But uh, th- this wasn't just like a catfish kind of story, somebody purporting, and you know what I mean? They, they break it off. Uh, no, it was, it was more than that. It was a bit of a catfish, but there are also some dollars and cents attached. Yeah. Take a listen. I withdrew $7,000 from my bank account, my Chase bank account. I had it in cash. I had it in $100 bills. And I went to a, a Bitcoin machine over in Chandler. Bitcoin. And I fed that machine $7,000 in $100 bills, wow. 70 of them. What was going through your mind as you were putting the money in there? Part of me was saying, are you sure you want to do this? You think? And it was nagging me pretty hard. Trust your gut, buddy. What could possibly go wrong? Trust your gut. $7,000 in a Bitcoin exchange How with somebody you met. Wait, wait. I didn't know there were Bitcoin well, machines. That was my, like, Chandler. I went to a Bitcoin exchange in Chandler, and I'm like. Didn't know. I didn't, didn't know that was existed. a thing. Sorry. Okay, I learned something there. Yeah. I, I, I realize that Brian wants us to feel sorry for him. But at some point, at some point. Where is your personal responsibility in this that there this is not gee there was a red flag this is a huge red flag waving back and forth and because somebody put a picture up on a on a uh, dating site and you think they're cute and they say nice things about you Come on. Do you think Brian um, do, do you think Brian wants us to feel bad for him or do yes. you think that he just wants to make people aware of the scams out there? But get the scam out there that somebody tells you to send them $7,000 and you do? Guess what? My answer's a hard no. no. I'm with you on that. If my brother asked me for $7,000, there's a good chance I'd say no. I, You know what? Like, Sorry, I feel, Scott. I, 
sell the Porsche. Feel, I kind of feel for, for Brian, though. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for Brian. You do. I do feel bad for mm. Brian. I mean, this, this was a guy who just got out of a divorce and, you know, was was swindled. I mean, that's really what it was. He was swindled. And and you know what? Like, it happens. You sure and I, you, you and I sit here and we're like, oh, yeah, Brian, no, I just see this one coming. And, and I think that's easy to say. But do you know how many times, like... There are, are, are the elderly out there that actually believe that there is is some prince that is willing to send them money, you know, and some, and but they, that's the point in this day and age. You know that you did not win the Nigerian lottery. That's what I was going. Okay, I think I I hope you know that 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 there are I still feel compassion these for other Brian. Th- but you need to have a healthy dose of skepticism. No, that's why I said you need to trust your gut. When you're when you're feeding 7 grand into a bitcoin machine in Chandler and your stomach is telling you don't do it, don't do it. About 2 o'clock in the afternoon I get a text message that says dear Brian. And as soon as I saw dear Brian I thought I'm cooked. And she said I'm not who you think I am. Mm-hmm. She goes uh, there is no Rebecca. She says, I'm a girl from Pakistan Jeez. who needed money for my sick mom. Which is probably a lie. And to pay for her college. And she goes, I'm sorry I did this to you. I know that you're just, you're sitting over there going like, you know, Brian, you're a fool. I don't know. I have compassion for the guy. Okay. I feel bad for him. Tell you what, you why don't you send him $7,000? No, not that much compassion. Okay, wait, there's a line. I'm allowed to have there's compassion a for somebody who's made a mistake. There's a limit, apparently. <laughs> Luckily, I've never made like a $7,000 mistake like that, but Sorry, oh man. my goodness. Yeah, I'm a hard no on that. So do we need a law? In Arizona, to ban transgendered students from playing sports, is there is that a is it a big issue? Is it a problem? And is it fair? I wonder if both those things could be true. We'll talk about that coming up next on Arizona's news station.